Live here from the Low T Center Studios. Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, hope you're having a great start to your Tuesday morning. And we appreciate you spending your Tuesday morning with us. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, 865-255-03 is our telephone number to the Iris Networks hotline. And Hour in the Morning is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Man, what a crispy, crispy, crispy morning, Ben. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Very crispy indeed, although I, I don't even think that's the, the right word. It'll be crispy later this morning. It, it's just cold this morning. It, it's it's just cold. My, my car said 39 it, it will get up to 60 and sunny around lunchtime, so it'll turn into a nice day. But oh, you know I don't do this cold. I've, I've already got my beanies broken out for, for the winter. It's, it's sweatshirt and, and jacket over the sweatshirt season, double layer season. <laughs> it's, crispy is too kind to what Mother Nature is, I, is doing. I guess, I guess when I mean crispy, I mean like... It's chilly outside, so the so the leaves and and the plants are you know, a little bit harder uh, than it normally is during during the fall and well during the beginning of the fall and, and the summer. But yeah, yeah, man, it's it's this is to me like the best weather of the year. Um, but everyone's different, and I know you you don't roll with the cold like that. I bring do. it on, baby. I do enjoy seeing the fall weather, though. I. Uh... I went golfing on Friday afternoon out in Oak Ridge, and the the, the leaves are, are most definitely changing. They have been for a couple of weeks, but uh, out there where you, you have several hills and some pretty views, the, the leaves are definitely changing. Was was in Sevierville, 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 depending on who you are and how you say it. Uh, on on Sunday, and the leaves are changing out that direction towards the mountains as as well. So it's beautiful, hard to hard to find a more beautiful scene throughout the country than being in East Tennessee in in the fall. It's beautiful, man. The mountains this time of the year, you just can't beat it. You know, being from Huntsville, being in the, right at the bottom of the valley, being around mount, mountains reminds me um, so much. Of, of home being here because there's mountains everywhere. Knoxville kind of right in the in the middle of it, surrounded by mountains. And so um, I live in a place that's um, a little bit higher uh, on a hill, and so I'm able to see the see the mountains. And it's a great view when the leaves start to fall, and you start to see some of the snow um, hit at the top of the mountains. It's just it's just a beautiful sight, but. Let's get into it, man. Uh, appreciate everyone listening yesterday. If you missed any part of the show, go check out the podcast. Last time I checked, we're hitting some record highs with 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 our um, with our on demand numbers. Wouldn't you say, Ben? I think I checked on uh, Sunday. Ooh, never mind. There's an there's another high. So Sunday was a high. Mm-hmm. This is more than Sunday. So here's another. Record-breaking high uh, in our, in the last seven days. So, really appreciate everyone listening to the show and um, we we value everyone's opinion, even though we may not agree. Um, you know, we take a little bit of a different approach than some other folks doing this, but um, it's been consistent, and uh, we we. We hope you appreciate it. It looks like you appreciate it. Um, a level-headed, logical, fair-minded approach. There's still emotions because at the end of the day, we want Tennessee to, to, to do well. But um, I felt like yesterday was a was a was a pretty good pretty good show. And uh, I think thank you, Ben, for holding down the fort uh, during the, during the remote. Um, you know this. Our listeners know this. If you've been listening for a very long time. Um, Two guys doing the work of about five here in the program, and I just want to let you know, Ben, I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. So, as much as 
I appreciate Derrick Henry this morning. Oh, yeah. Did he, get, did he hit you up with some fantasy points? No, I just – Are you betting the game or no, what? I know. No, just to appreciate when the Titans win. Still tighten up. In, tighten in up. Foremost. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up. Cool seeing my guy, Kari Blazing game in victory formation on freaking Monday Night Football. Very cool. Man, that scene was it's pretty cool, man, there at, uh, in the Magic City. Not Magic City, but in the Music City. Uh, it was, it was, it was, it was cool. It had, it had some, had some kneeling stadium vibes a little bit there at the end of the game, man. Crowd was into it, and um, Buffalo Bills certainly a Super Bowl contender. They've already beaten up the the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Bills are a team that can win it all. And Can't beat the Steelers or the Titans, though. Yeah, I know it's it's it's, it's crazy, man. Um, I mean, they've lost two games so far this year, and at one point, people thought the Bills were the best team in the league, but Man, kudos to Titans just figuring out a way to get it done. Um, they have not played all that hot at the start of the season when you look at all the talent they have and expectations. But, man, they found a way. They found a way. And um, happy for the Titans fans. Happy for the Titans fans. Even though I'm a Bears fan, even though you are a Steelers fan, it's always good to see the Titans win um, and be happy as long as it's not against our teams. I'll be in the building on Sunday against the Chiefs. I can't wait. Steelers are on a bye. I'll be closer to Nashville because I'm going to stay with my parents this weekend as I go to Turdtown for the football game on Saturday night. So I'm going to head on up north from Huntsville to Nashville, be in the building to watch the Titans beat the Chiefs on Sunday. Notice how I, I, I worded what I was doing this weekend very carefully. Oh, you was careful. I'm not, I'm not going to let you get me again. Oh. You, you caught me slipping the last time I talked about when I went and saw my parents. I'm not going to let you – I'm not going to let it happen again. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just listening, man. I'm just a really good listener. That's all. Mm-hmm. It's a really good listener. Um, Josh Heupel talked to the media yesterday. I know a lot of fans love what Heupel had to say. Um, some news from the SEC – Yesterday, as Tennessee was fined $250,000 for the incident Saturday. Is that a lot of money? To us, yes. To Tennessee, not not really. I'm talking about $40-plus million in um, revenue cut that Tennessee gets from TV deals, and that will be subtracted from that Forty plus million dollars, so dropping a bucket, but at the same time, um, the SEC did something that they have they've never done before. Now, you will get penalized. You will be fined if your fans rush the field in celebration. But this is the first time that the SEC decided to fine the school for throwing objects on, on the field or on the playing surface. A couple of years ago, the Ole Miss basketball game, Tennessee was at Ole Miss, and Tennessee won on, on a couple of controversial calls. I remember. I felt like we got lucky. Yeah, <laughs> if I remember correctly, Ole Miss was very upset with the non-charge call against Admiral Schofield. Admiral stepped in front of – an Ole Miss ball handler at midcourt drew a charge, and it, it was the difference in the game. Yeah. I think that's what they were It, it was a charge. Yeah, it was, it it was, was definitely a foul call. Because Lamonte was in the mix at some point, too. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a foul call. I, oh, I, they made the right call. I, I strongly remember that. It was some, it was, it was some bad Ole calls made in that game. Were, were upset. There were some bad calls made in that game. And it went, and it, and it, and it went in our favor. Kind of like when um, – Tennessee played Alabama Nate Oates' first year, mm-hmm. and um, a couple of those calls went our way, and I was kind of like, oh. I thought, I thought the, oh, they were great calls. Oh, oh okay. They, I didn't agree with the calls, but I was happy with the calls because they went our way. But anyways, Ole Miss <clears throat> fans were not happy that day and, and threw um, things on the court, and nothing happened. And that's more dangerous. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's no helmets. No, well, that, they're closer. 
Yeah. Yeah. No shoulder pads. No helmets. No shoulder pads. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, and so there's no defense of what happened Saturday. Mm-mm. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. That's my stance. But the SEC is showing some inconsistency because short two years ago that that happened at Ole Miss and they were not fined or anything. Now, if you want to say we we made a mistake by not finding Ole Miss and now we want to get a hold of this thing before it happens again, because remember my conversation yesterday, our conversation yesterday, and my point yesterday is that it's going to happen again somewhere else if you don't if you don't fix officiating, if you don't address officiating, it's going to happen again. And Tennessee, right now, is being made an example to deter anyone from doing this again because people have been arrested. The SEC has told Tennessee to go look at video and go go check out. Who's doing it? It's ironic because they did not find on video how that scoop of score was not legal. But anyways. Or how to properly spot the football. Correct. But they want Tennessee to go do um, the same work that they were unable to do in the course of a football game. And, and this work is even more difficult. <laughs> yeah, so they want, they want people arrested. And this is a a hope for them that the severe punishments will deter future spectators from even thinking about throwing stuff on the field, throwing stuff on the court, with the punishment being so severe. So if speeding tickets were $1,000, no questions asked, we wouldn't speed as much, right? I was coming back from South Carolina on Saturday morning, and there was a little convoy. Hey, hey, let's go. Let's ride. And I was willing to take that risk because, hey, man, we're talking like maybe a hundred some dollars, something like that. But if the speeding ticket was a thousand, oh, I'm driving like Mary Poppins. I'm driving, I'm driving like somebody's grandma. So the punishment is severe because they don't want this to happen again because they know their officiating is poor. How do I know that they know that their officiating is poor, Ben? Because I know you know that they know that their officiating is poor and that they blew that call. How do I know that they know? And how do you know that they know, Ben? Because the replay of the Ole Miss-Tennessee game on SEC Network did not show the scoop and score. Mm-hmm. Cut it out for time constraints. If if you've ever watched a replay of a football game on the SEC Network, typically Dari Noka cuts in and says, due to time constraints, we're moving forward into this football game. That was a part of the game. Uh, a key part of the game. Why would you cut that part out? I mean, you can cut out about 37 fake injuries from the game, most of them old Miss, some of them ours, and probably was like 50-something, guys going down and hurt. You can cut that stuff out, but why would you cut out one of the most important plays of the game? Why would you cut that out? I think they know they messed it up. They just don't want to admit it. They just want to let it blow over and try to fix it and prevent it from happening again. But like I said yesterday, We'll take the L. We'll take the L. We'll take accountability. And here's an opportunity for NCAA SEC to fix the bigger issue. And that is fake injuries and officiating. Truly a threat on the integrity of the the game of football. It's a truly a threat. I told you yesterday, being told everyone yesterday, I got up and walked out at four minutes left. Not because I thought we were going to lose. Not because of anything besides I just got tired of watching it. I couldn't watch it anymore. I couldn't do it. I was disgusted. 
I was disgusted. In the threat of the integrity of the game. I, I really was. I just couldn't watch it. I couldn't watch it. So that's a bigger, that's a bigger issue for me, man. Uh, fake injuries and officiating. Um, but we'll, we'll move forward, man. We'll move forward as a university. We'll move forward as a, as a football program. Josh Heupel has some, has, some, has some, I thought, some awesome, awesome words yesterday in his press conference. Uh, I'll be honest, Josh Heupel's press conferences are boring. He don't say anything. And that's why he doesn't get the attention like some of the other coaches around the country or SEC coaches. Eli Drinkwitz, because he Shane just, Beamer. Yeah, he just doesn't he just doesn't display his personality all that much. And that's cool. I don't really care as long as he's doing it with the recruits and his players and his staff members and the culture is great. I don't need for him to be a showman to the to the media. I don't need that. Um so his press conference press conferences to me are boring. But yesterday, it was great. It was great, Ben. He had some nice comments for for sure. I, I did want to make a point about the, the fake injuries. At least those fake injuries over the next year, two, three years are, are going to be fixed. At, at some point in the near future, I don't know when, but at some point over the offseason, there's going to be a rule implemented that will lead – to a cut down in fake injuries. I don't know exactly what the rule is going to look like, but something is going to be put in place, whether it's a guy has to sit out the remaining of the, the remaining series mm-hmm. uh, or he has to miss a set number of plays, whether it be three plays, six plays, whatever. Mm-hmm. Something's going to happen at some point that cuts those fake injuries in, in, in half, mm-hmm. if, if not completely eliminates the, the fake injuries. Uh, now, I, I would... Just, just to play both sides. That's what we like to do here on the Swain event. I would encourage Tennessee fans not to completely hammer home Ole Miss's fake injuries on Saturday night because Ole Miss was not the only ones participating in, in the fake injuries, and, and we don't want uh, this to come around and, and bite Tennessee in the butt. I, I won't say play on both sides. I say look at both sides. Yes, yes. L- look at both sides. Like, Ole Miss was doing it much more frequently than Tennessee. But Tennessee also had some egregious fake injuries a, as well. Oh, uh, for sure, a, a handful. So I, I would be I would be cautious about the words that that I use when when discussing the Ole Miss fake injuries because can't throw stones at the glass house. It was it was both teams, you know. Ole Miss did it um, a lot, a lot, a lot, and then Tennessee started to do it. And probably the most egregious one came from Coach Heupel when he, right in front of the ref, told Spragans to get down. Yep. And the referee saw him tell Spragans to get down. He couldn't do anything Mm-mm. because there's no rule for it. So Lane Kiffin was on video earlier this season doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So we we knew what to expect going into this football game. Also, uh, Sam Pittman you know, was kind of asked about it because it happened a lot in the Ole Miss-Arkansas game. Um, and, and Sam kind of, kind of ducked the, the question, but made a you know sarcastic remark. Um, but everyone knows what Ole Miss, Ole Miss does, and Tennessee hasn't been a team that's done it this season because they haven't played a team with the tempo that matches theirs, and that was different on Saturday. So Tennessee started doing it once Ole Miss uh, was was doing it so much. So they were like, well, all right, well we'll do it too then, and it became. For me, unbearable. Yes, no, I I completely agree. Yeah, I, I just want the the Tennessee side of things to also recognize that it that it's done on this end. Sure, yeah. Ole Miss is just so egregious when it does it. Ole Miss is the James Harden, the Trey Young, to where it's it's all they do twenty four seven. Whereas when when other teams do it, it's it's just that team taking advantage of the rules. Oh yeah, T- taking advantage of of a loophole, but I was getting to a much larger point of that's going to be fixed at some point. What isn't going to be fixed is the inconsistency of the SEC, whether it be it's officiating, whether it be the, these penalties that are, are randomly given out. I'm not saying that Tennessee doesn't deserve to be penalized. I, I, I think it's fair that they find Tennessee two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and have been encouraged to try and find 
uh, the culprits. I, I think that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. What isn't fair is that South Carolina wasn't punished when its student section was throwing things on the field uh, a couple years ago in the Florida game. The Ole Miss basketball game, as we mentioned, why, why weren't those two incidents punished? And, and I'm, I'm sure there's been other incidents over the many years of SEC football in, in which things have been thrown onto the field and there was not a punishment hand, handed down. That's what is so frustrating and, and what I do not understand. Again, I, I, I think the penalties are fair and, and deserving. But for this to, to be all of a sudden and for, for Tennessee to be, be made the scapegoat out of nowhere is oh, is the poster child. Yeah, poster child's a better phrase. Thank you. Uh, it is ridiculous in in my opinion, and it's decisions like these, these inconsistent decisions that lead to the events of what took place on Saturday night. That's what's so frustrating. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of hard to fight against the narrative that that Tennessee is being singled out when you you didn't punish the other schools for doing it. Um, just a short time ago. Now, I made this point yesterday that Tennessee is a bigger brand than South Carolina and Ole Miss, and Tennessee is more more polar more polarizing. Uh, polarizing. It's why national media love to talk about Tennessee because they know that they'll get interactions. They know they'll get dialogue, good or bad, and. That's a, a good thing. It's also a bad thing. And so I look at it a little bit like that. It's okay. Not a lot of eyeballs on the Tennessee Ole Miss basketball game. Not a lot of eyeballs on the South Carolina-Florida game. But, man, if you're the SEC, everybody was watching Saturday night. Everyone was watching. So you're probably more embarrassed. That's how I look at it. It's still inconsistent. Still doesn't make sense. But, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. T- Tennessee, Tennessee gets the eyeballs because Tennessee is a bigger brand. It's like when I first started doing, doing radio and I first started on Twitter, I, dude, I would, I would be on Twitter arguing with folks and, 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 and you know, saying stuff I probably wouldn't say now. But there's been, there's been growth. There's been growth. We don't have time to be just arguing with people on Twitter and stooping down to the level of some some other people on social media because we're a different level. And it's just just the truth. And I look at Tennessee. Tennessee's just at a different level when you compare them to some of the other other programs as far as prestige and and, brand recognition. Now, football results, I'm not talking about that, but – Tennessee gets eyeballs because Tennessee is the bigger brand. So, all and right, we'll you know we'll we'll take the L, we'll take the L, we'll take the L, and we'll we'll be the poster child. But I hope that all the eyeballs that we have gotten from you know people on the, the the field situation that those same eyeballs are looking at why that situation got to where um, that it got to. And officiating is looked at, and the rule changes are looked at with fake injuries. Let's put the eyeballs where they need to go, and and that's, to, in my opinion, all three equally. All I know is some of these SEC media members and national media members better keep this same energy when it inevitably happens again. Oh yeah, and I'm not talking about at Tennessee. I'm just talking about by anybody in the country. Not, not even just the SEC or Tennessee. When it inevitably happens again, they better keep the same energy. Yeah, Because sure. I saw a Kentucky beat writer blast Tennessee tweet, tweet about how Oof. immature it is. Or not immature, that, that's my word. I, I can't remember the exact phrasing that he used. But he, but he pretty much called out Tennessee for not mentioning anything about the stoppage and the shenanigans on Saturday night on its website. Nothing in the press release, post-game recap, no, no comments on the front page. Why would Tennessee put, broadcast that on utsports.com? 
And, and I, it, you want to talk about not getting into it with people. It's taken a lot of, of willpower not to tweet <laughs> at, just in general about the situation. But not to tweet at SEC media members that I feel like are, are taking it too far and, and being just way over the top about it. Like, why? Why are you pointing that out? Did Kentucky? <laughs> did Kentucky basketball have anything on, on its front page of BigBlue.com or whatever their stupid website is named? Did, did they have anything plastered on, on their front page when when you had a, a fan in, in their arena calling people the N word? Mm. Did, did did they broadcast that on, on their? On their page? Well, they, they addressed it and, and tried to move on as quickly and swiftly as possible. And yesterday when, when the fine is is handed down, the, the punishment is handed down, I mean, my timeline, because I follow so many SEC media members to, to keep up with all the teams in the league, I mean, everybody was sharing it. And like that's, that's no coincidence they're, they're not doing it just to, to share. They're doing it because they can't stand Tennessee because they've had so many run-ins with Tennessee Twitter, with Vol Twitter. Yeah. Like, it, it's done purposefully. And all I know is that some of these media members better, better keep this same energy moving forward because I've got receipts, and I'm sending them to DR Vol so he can do my dirty work for me. I know, right. All right. Uh, text box right quick, and then we'll get to the phone. Rocky Top Tommy says the Spraggins one wasn't that bad. No advantage to faking an injury on offense, right? Dude, the Spragans one was one of the worst. <laughs> it was one of the worst. Because the head coach, right in front of the ref, told Spragans to get down. It was one of the worst. Let's be consistent here. Come on, let's not be hypocrites. It was the worst. It was one of the worst. I don't care about the reason about who oh, was helmet. I don't care. Faking an injury is faking an injury. I can love Josh Heupel's comments from yesterday. I can love what he's done as a head coach so far at Tennessee. I can love the culture that he's creating and also point out that was bad too. In front of the ref, he told him to get down. And I, I know. I, I was right there. I saw, like, Spragans trying to do something with his helmet. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it happens. When you're trying to buckle your, your chin strap, it ain't working, or some type of malfunction. It happens. But it still is not in the spirit of the rule book. Let's go to the phones. We've got Will. Will, good morning. What's Wayne? What's up, Will? Hey, guys, I just uh, two quick points. Uh, excuse me, I'm still a little hoarse from the game Saturday night. I, I feel like I did my part and a little more. So uh, You did? <laughs> um, two, two points I want to make. First of all, guys, I just everybody needs to get behind Josh Heupel. Yes, Man, sir. He, this guy's getting it done. Um, he's working with a paper-thin roster, and it, uh, he's had us in every ball game this point. You know, to this point, he's had us uh, have opportunity to win every ball game. I feel like. Um, Second thing, my question is, how how do we fix our our roster issues? That you know, I, obviously, it's not going to happen in one recruiting season. I was just wanting to get your opinion on that, Swain. And for all the other fans, let's put the old mess behind us. Let's move on to Bama. You know, obviously, a tough task ahead of us. Let's just get behind these boys and and hope for the best here. I'll hang up and listen. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you, man. How do you how do you fix the roster? Well, I think. It's going to be important for Josh Heupel to to win in the transfer portal. First year in recruiting uh, with high school players in twenty two class is going to be tough. It's difficult right now. It's 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 not going great. But you look at what Tennessee was able to do in the transfer portal before Heupel coached his first game, and he was able to get some players that have been contributors. Like important contributors, you know, Brand Turnage, Hennon Hooker. I mean, we've gotten some guys, Javante Payton, we've got some guys that have made some plays for us this year. And he recruited these players based on what he had did at Central Florida. Now he can recruit these college players from the transfer portal and show them 
what he had did, what he what he's done in his first year at Tennessee. I think that is very, very important. And I think he could be successful. Hey, you got one more year? You ain't getting the ball? You ain't getting targets? Come on, Tennessee. We're we putting up 80 plays a game. Offensive lineman. Yeah, I know it might be a little different than what you're used to. But do you want to play? Because we have holes to fill. So I think Josh Heupel has to win in the transfer portal big time this cycle. And I think developing your current players, your freshmen, I mean, these are all things that are important to building your roster. So you got to recruit. You got to bring in fresh talent, whether it's for the portal or from you know, high school. And then you have to develop the talent that you have. And you can't miss. You can't afford to miss. You can't miss. You want, you want to go out and get some some kid that only has an offer from um, Union State Tech and Buffalo and they've got some guys like that Furman that, that they're after now they're after Rodney Harrison's son Christian Harrison who decommitted from Liberty. Hey, you want to go get guys yesterday. like that that you're, you're that player's only SC offer. You can't miss. Yes, I'm. Fi- I'm fine with you going you can't miss. getting that guy. You can't miss. But make sure that you're, you're you're not missing on your evaluation. Yeah, you can't miss. You can't miss. That's that's what Tennessee has to make sure that they, that they do. Will eight six five two hundred fifty five oh three. We'll take our first break of the day here on the program. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com Hi there, Swainavent family. Are you in the market to purchase a home and a bit freaked out with the market right now? As someone who's been in your spot before, I'm familiar with what's going through your brain. And as a realtor, I've mastered the ins and outs of the buying process. When you work with me, you'll benefit from my experience, and together we'll work toward making sound, smart decisions for your future. And, of course, talk a little Vol Sports along the way. Just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at swainevent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42st.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of Quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook.
I'm Vince Moore, wide receiver, VFL 1991, and you're listening to The Swain Event. When I made the move to my own studio, I was worried about this. I was worried about that. I was worried about, hey, did I get this piece of equipment? Did I get that piece of equipment? Does that sound good? Does that not sound good? One thing I didn't have to worry about, that was office furniture, because office furniture outfitters met my furniture needs. With a 50,000 square foot facility, they have East Tennessee's largest selection and are the best value for new and used office furniture. Located in Knoxville, it's easy to find everything you need for your new space, including desks, file cabinets, chairs, conference tables, and more. Office Furniture Outfitters is turnkey. They came to my place, we mapped everything out that was needed, they delivered, and get this, set everything up. To learn more about what Office Furniture Outfitters can do for you, log on to OFONOX.com. That's OFONOX.com. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the Big Orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill. Or call 865-693-5400. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knoxville for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you, so you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done, and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. At Iris Networks, we know that business communication solutions are critical to your success. Since 1998, we've been helping businesses in East Tennessee by providing reliable and affordable high-speed fiber internet and voice solutions. That's why Iris Networks is your Tennessee communications partner. With internet speeds up to 100 gigs and work-from-anywhere solutions like mobile apps, video conferencing, and file sharing, we make sure you can stay connected to your customers and great communities we live and work in. Iris Networks, because just like you, Tennessee is our home. For a replay of East Day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. Let's get to Koi and Macon. Here in the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, our number one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electric Electrical. Coy, good morning. Hey, hey, good morning, guys. Y'all doing all right today? Man, we are great, man. How are you? Awesome. I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Finally starting to get some uh, some energy back after the weekend, man. It was a uh, what what a game to come back to at Neyland, man. That was uh, that was wild and. I stayed to the very end. Um, my wife, man, she's six months pregnant. She she hung in there. She said she she could care less about sports, but she was a real uh, 
real trooper and hung around for me. She was miserable the entire time, but man, she she hung in there. But um, I really appreciated that. Um, I, man, I want to tell you how awesome it was to get to meet you, man. I um, I had a few things on my list that I really wanted to make happen, and um, you know, getting to meet you and Ben. I know Ben. I wasn't able to meet up with Ben, but. Uh, it was awesome getting to meet you. I appreciate the picture, man. And it'll uh, it'll go on my Tennessee wall, man. So I'm excited about that. Uh, Heck yeah. Heck yeah, man. Meet, stuff, meeting man. you and, and um, Spencer Barnett, seeing him and seeing Turkey Man and you know, him being able to go to the game. Those those are my favorite parts uh, of the day. So uh, I didn't even know your wife was pregnant, man. How about that? You got to tell her I said that, man. She'll. She'll be feeling good about that, man. So Yeah, t- man. T- She's six months. Tell I couldn't, even, I couldn't even tell. <laughs> but it's good to meet you, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, man, I also I got to meet Spencer. I got a picture with Spencer Barnett. I got a picture with Danny White. Man, Danny White is a cool dude, man. He is. Uh, he was awesome. Um, so I got pictures with, all, with you and those guys. And um, just a uh, really, really good weekend, man. Um I, so I had uh, I had meetings all day at work yesterday, and you know I kind of went to sleep when I got home from work, and I, so I didn't get to listen to a lot of the show. Um, what did I, I know this is a repeat of yesterday, but I just wanted to ask you: in your opinion, were, were we short on the first down at the end of the game? It looked it looked to be short. Yeah, I it thought, looked to be I thought short. it was. It looked I to be short. Was, you couldn't, you couldn't tell, you know, being inside the stadium. But when I, I you know, I went back and watched highlights, um, and I, I thought it was short too. But um, you know, man, the, the the thing that aggravates me the most, you know, I know, I know, Ben, the last segment was talking about, you know, the SEC media writers and you know, just bashing Tennessee. I, I really believe, and you know, I may be way off base here, but I see that a lot. I saw it a lot from Kentucky. I didn't see it from the Georgia and Alabama riders. I mean, I think they may be a little worried that Tennessee's got something going, and that they're not going. You know, they're not. We're not going to be in the dumpster of the SEC much longer, man. I mean, I, we're not there now, but. There's something different about what's going on at Tennessee right now than in years past. And it may be a little early to say that, but just the way the players play. And, man, any time in the past when we get down like that, we would give up, man. And there's no quit in this team. And it's exciting to watch, man. I mean, it gets me fired up. I didn't even leave the stadium mad. It's just so awesome to watch. Yeah, it was a, it was an awesome scene, Coy. Yeah, it really was. Uh, unfortunately, we lost the game, but you know, I, I've seen so many people just talk about the atmosphere, how it was the best, um, you know, pregame entrance that they've ever seen. And I said this yesterday. I'll say it again today. Uh, kudos to the administration. Kudos to uh, the event team. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of moving parts to make sure um, that. Saturday went off without a hitch, and it was great. So uh, I can't wait to see it again. It never gets old. I mean, running through the tee, seeing the team run through the tee at 12 o'clock noon games, I get chills every single time. Every single time. It doesn't matter who we're playing. Against Tennessee Tech. Yeah, it doesn't matter who we get playing. I get chills just seeing the team run through the tee. But a night game? With the lights and the fireworks and all that, that just adds that just adds another level to it, for sure. I, I think you're you're on to something, Coy, as it as it relates to the other writers around the league. I, I don't think the Kentucky Homers are worried about Tennessee. I think they're coming more from a place of arrogance and that they feel that Kentucky is going to beat down Tennessee and and a lot of it, in my opinion, is is that these SEC writers and national folks, they, they have so many run-ins with Vol Twitter that don't go in their favor that anytime something negative happens to Tennessee, they're going to purposefully pile on, whether it be by mentioning it, joking about it, 
going way over the top about it. This is their way of getting back at, at Vol Twitter. That, that's my personal opinion. Yep. So uh, that, that's why I think you, you see so many people commenting on what has taken place and, and just going over the top and criticizing Tennessee for things that, like, I, I don't feel like they deserve to be criticized for, such as the story I told about the one guy tweeting about Tennessee not being or not posting anything about the shenanigans on, on the front page of UT Sports, no mention of it at all. Duh, that's good PR. Why would you post it on the on the front page of UT Sports? Why why would you talk about it on the, on the front page of UTSports.com where you send recruits to go request tickets for games that they're coming to visit on? Did, again, did, did Kentucky post anything on its basketball page when you had a fan in the crowd throwing the N-word out there? Yeah, like, exactly. So I, yeah, I, exactly. I think that's where it comes from. And and the the Kentucky specifically, I, I think it's a place of arrogance because they think they're going to beat down Tennessee. <laughs> that's going to be a good one, man. But it, it depends on uh, the health of some of our key players, especially Hendon Hooker. Uh, Josh Heupel um, talked about Hendon's status and said that Hendon, Tyon, Cade are probably day-to-day at this point. We'll see as the week unfolds where we end up with Hendon. So uh, it looked bad on Saturday. The fear was that he was going to be out for the year. But looks like that's not going to be the case. Now, you are playing Alabama. Um, how much – like w- – where will he be on Saturday? What percentage will he be on Saturday? And do you feel like it's worth putting him out there if he's not a- able to be himself? And if you are Josh Heupel, you have a situation. Oh, boy, do you. You have a situation. And be- before you dive into that situation, I want to throw in that Hendon Hooker, no, no structural damage. Awesome. So nothing to the, the ligaments or the tendons or whatever's inside the knee. Nothing nothing structurally severely impacted. So no no season ending injury and, and Tennessee dodged a bullet there because it sure did look bad. You got a situation if you are Josh Heupel. Best case scenario, Hendon is able to play. Here's a situation that you have. <laughs> you have a quarterback that's right now number two that was number one, was starting quarterback at the beginning of the season. He is no longer the starting quarterback. When he went in against Ole Miss, probably had the worst college football play of the season. We ran out of bounds as time expired. Instead of throwing it up. Worse than the South Carolina defender dropping the ball before the goal line? Yep, worse. Worse. I agree. I agree. Worse. Worst play of the, of the season. So you have Joe Milton there. You have a Harrison Bailey that's played a game so far this year that may or may not be thinking about transferring at the end of the season. He's only played one game. If he plays in four more games, he'll lose his red shirt. He'll lose his red shirt. Whether it's here or anywhere else. Do you want to throw out Harrison Bailey this week to allow Hendon to heal up because you look at the Kentucky game as maybe a more winnable game? You want to make sure that you have him for the last stretch of the season rather than putting him out there at 75% or – 50%, whatever. Joe Milton, how is he 
looked upon by his teammates. What's the status of the locker room there? Because I know some players were not happy. How do they feel about Joe Milton as their quarterback, as their leader? Are they confident that he can put them in the best position to win? These are questions that we, I don't have the answer to. I'm not in the locker room. But if you're Harrison Bailey and you're thinking about transferring, mentally, do you want to play? Or are you ready to play? Now, if you're not thinking about transferring, then, hey, let's, let's roll. Let's roll if, you, if your number is called. But at the end of that game, I think has made things difficult for Josh Heupel on who plays quarterback if Hendon Hooker can't go. Because I remember a couple of years ago, after JG had the fumble at Alabama, we came back. It's like, and we was like, man, you can't, you can't play JG at this point. You can't do it. <laughs> you just at a certain point, you just, you just can't, you can't just roll with a guy that displays that type of absent-mindedness. Like, you just can't. You can't roll with them. And Harrison is a third quarterback. Harrison is not physically better than Joe Milton and Henry Hooker. But after that play on Saturday from Joe Milton, mentally, Harrison has to be better, right? Has to be. I ha- I have a hard time believing that Harrison would have done the same thing in, in the same situation. Not saying that he would have scored a touchdown, uh, because on on the play prior, Joe Milton delivered an absolute beauty it of a ball to, was. to to Cedric Tillman. But I, I have a hard time believing that Harrison would have run out of bounds in the manner that he did, because that's that's high school and JV type stuff. Like high school quarterbacks know not to do what Joe did in that situation. Yeah, for sure. So that's just something that we'll mention, we'll throw out, that Hypo, I think, has to think about. Quarterbacks transfer. Quarterbacks hit the transfer portal all the time. We've, we've seen starting quarterbacks just this year hit the transfer portal after being replaced. So it's a thing. It happens, and only one guy can play. I don't know how many quarterbacks are excited about being number three. Harrison's number three right now. There's going to be another quarterback comes in. Uh, Who knows what happens with Joe Milton if he decides to leave and if Tennessee goes out and tries to get another transfer quarterback. I mean, so just just kind of keep an eye on that. And Joe Milton's play at the end of the game may have some implications on decisions being made at that position based on – how the locker room feels about about number seven, and I can tell you that Josh Heupel is not wired to to do the whole. Well, we don't have that great of a chance to to beat Alabama, and and let's let's rest everybody so we can try to beat Kentucky after the bye week. Josh Heupel's not wired that way. I'll tell you that right now. So he he's going to try to put his best foot forward on on Saturday to to try and scheme up some things and, and try to go into Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama. Uh, so that being the case, Josh Heupel needs to ask himself, A, if I play Hendon Hooker, how big of a risk is it that he injures himself further and can no longer continue for the remainder of the season? And and B, if if he can play at whatever percent, that won't get him re-injured, what percentage does Hendon need to get to in which I feel better about him not not re-injuring himself further, but also where he's better than Joe and Harrison? Mm-hmm. Those are the two questions that, that Josh Heupel needs to and will ask himself along with the consultation of the trainers and what stop, whatnot uh, throughout the week. Because, again, Josh Heupel's not wired. Uh, we can go ahead and nip that conversation in the bud this week <laughs> about the whole resting guys for Alabama. If Cooper can play, if Cade can play, if Tyon can play, if, if Hendon can play, Elijah Simmons, so on and so forth, 
If they can play, they'll play this weekend. Right quick, uh, Hopper was asked about his conversation with recruits on the atmosphere Saturday. He says they're going to take away the 59 minutes, even with the slight delay, to see our student body rush, to, rush down and fill the bottom part of the section uh, and the remainder of our crowd to be amped up for the final minute of play. That's the takeaway. I know for some people the story is about what happened, uh, but our administration has obviously, obviously made it clear that that's not the stance and uh, in, in what we want from the volunteer spirit. You know that I feel the same way. That's a very small number. The passion and energy from our fan base. I've been in a lot of competitive arenas as a player, as a coach. There was nothing better that I've ever been in than what happened on Saturday night. There was nothing better that I've ever been in than what happened on Saturday night. I think a lot of recruits feel the same way about that environment uh, and about that, that scene Saturday night and the atmosphere inside the stadium. Let's get to the phones. We've got Courts involved. Courts involved. Good morning. Papa, good morning to you guys. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, uh, I want to kind of touch on something there, right there, what you were talking about before I get to what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really I want Coach Hoffman to succeed because I feel like, and I don't know, I don't want to be jumping the gun. But I feel like Coach Apple just gets it, man. He does. He, he's enjoying himself here. He's embracing it with the arms wide open. And he, he's not even, like, playing to our emotions. He, he's right there with us. Because if, if I'm not mistaken, you correct me if I'm wrong, and I have been before and I will be again, but like I, thought I, heard, <laughs> I thought I heard – a little bit of emotion in his voice when he said that. Like, I mean, I, I'll tell you this much. I went back last night and I rewatched some videos of the pregame because I, I didn't get to be there, unfortunately. I really wanted to be. I didn't get to be there. But <clears throat> getting to see the pregame and how just wild and, and just, it just, I'm, it brought a tear to my eye. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not ashamed to tell you that because. I love this school and this team and this university this much that it just hops me up that much. That it gets me a little emotional like that. Now, I'm proud of that. But it's just, I really love to see him succeed because I think he's a genuine dude who really knows how to call some offense. And, I mean, this guy was just dealt a bad hand. You know, that's all it is. He's dealt a bad hand, paper-thin roster. It's going to take some time. And we'll see. I'm not saying he's going to succeed, but he's got the capability. So I'm going to leave that alone for now. What I really wanted to call and tell you guys was, unfortunately, I was born in southeast Kentucky. I will wear that to the day I die, unfortunately. But <clears throat> for all my Kentucky fans and my family, because there are quite a few on the other side of the family, I don't talk to that side because I don't like the, I don't like Kentucky. I groove in with everybody else. But for all the Kentucky fans and the Kentucky Riders, blank them. Just blank them. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that one. I like it. I like it. 865-255-03. Who we got next? Tim. Tim, good morning. Uh, What's going on, Swain? What's up, Uh Tim? I just got a couple questions for you, man, uh, and I'll hang up and you can answer me on air. You know, mm-hmm. um, question is: Oh, if Hooker's not available Friday or Saturday, <sighs> do we go with Joe Milton or do we start Harrison Bailey? Man, I, I don't think know that question, but you know. And then my other one question was: I, I, I remember in either seventeen or eighteen. The student sections throwing pom poms, water bottles, and fans like you know, like the, the little cool down fans they give you. Uh, and we, I, I believe we got fined that year too. Uh, so I was just calling to ask if you remember that, and then I'll, I'll just hang up and I'll listen. Hey, Appreciate thank it, buddy. You, thank you, Tim. Man, good to hear from you, man. Hope you are well, my friend. Man, so good to hear your voice, Tim. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who you start. I, I don't. I mean, I'm just, you know, I just, I'm just, I just laid out a scenario. 
I think it's based on the locker room. I'm not in the locker room. I mean, I I, I would be looking at Joe Milton sideways this week if I was a player on the team. I, I mean, I would be. That's just me, though. What does the locker room say? So I don't know that I don't I don't know that answer, Tim. I don't know what you do if if Henny Hooker don't go or can't go. 865-255-03. We'll take our top of our break. Be right back after this. <laughs> 